The typical email marketing campaign goes something like this. Monday, before noon. We're having a sale, 40% off. And that's the, that's the email. The subject line is uh, 40%, 40% off, we're having a sale, all that. And then the whole thing is very salesy. Tuesday, the day after. Subject line, the sale is in full swing. Get yours now and don't miss out. You know, piling on the scarcity and just, uh, just uh, reminding them that, you know, we're still having a sale. Oh my God. The day after, Wednesday, sales ending soon. Get yours now or, or something. If, it, if it's a physical product, you know, we're running out of stock. You need to act now or be left out. Thursday, the fourth day, uh, yeah, last chance. Still 40% off, but you know, this is, it's now or never. And then maybe Friday, it closes. And there's maybe just, uh, there's like a one hour left email or something like that. And then the whole sale closes. Then it's the weekend. And then comes next Monday. And I get an email from them. Hey, we're having a sale, 40% off. <sighs> this, is, this is the reality of uh, email marketing nowadays. Everything is focused on sales. Everything is focused on getting, uh, getting people to buy right now because it's impossible to think that they would maybe buy in a week's time as well. No, we need, to, need them to buy now. We need to hit our targets. We need to hit the sales quota. We need to uh, report back to our managers and uh, the C-level people that, you know, marketing, we're doing our thing. We're doing things that matter and it's generating a positive uh, return on investment, something like, like, like that. But the thing is, this is the completely, completely wrong way to do email marketing. And it doesn't really matter if you're in B2C or B2B, it's, it's still the same. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, anyway, so I was uh, checking out this, um, this one uh, shop that keeps emailing me all the time. And I'll actually uh, put it into a specific folder so I don't see them more, like constantly. But now I just went through just for interest sake and just to do some research. I uh, checked out the the whole, like every single email they've sent me for the past, I don't know, month. And this was like your usual uh, department store type of thing where they just sell all kinds of electronics and whatever. And the funny thing is they, uh, they all follow the same way, like the same um, style. So if you think about the subject line, there's a lot of caps lock in there because, you know, if you scream, it's better. So for instance, Let's say on Monday, they uh, sent an email about this new sale they're having. Wow, they're having a new sale and it's, you know, 50% off. Oh my geez, this is insane. And then the next day they said that, oh, there's still, still some products left. I mean, amazing. They have a sale and they still have products left. That's really surprising. But you know, this is the, the, the fake scarcity that they're trying to do, you know. Just a couple of products left, like you, you really need to get them now if you want them. Otherwise, you know, this, this ship has sailed and like, you'll never get a, I don't know, a TV from anywhere else, you know? Okay. So day three, Wednesday, they email about, um, but anyway, this is the B2B copywriting podcast. And today we will talk about, um, 
Well, what I just talked about, I already forgot. Okay, so the thing about um, about creating, yeah. So the thing about um, selling through emails without being boring, which is this uh, episode's um, topic, is quite. Uh, it's not easy. Okay, there's there's a lot of like abstract theory and ideas about about this, but when you put it into practice, at the end of the day, depending on your product. A lot of people, and especially if they're on your email newsletter, they're just like um, price shoppers. And you don't really want that, but it's, it's inevitable. Some people, they just uh, care about getting something for cheap. And, you know, you could say whatever in your emails and they're like, what? You know, give me the sale. But if we think about this from a B2B context, like say if you're a coach or if you have a SaaS product with, with a, you know, a free trial type of thing. And then you just feed emails based on the data you have received from the product. And then, because this is also something I get a lot, like in my emails, just, uh, these sort of funny, sort of okay emails, but they're all the same and they get kind of stale after a while. And uh, like I said earlier, if if they know what you're gonna say in your email, they're not gonna open. They'll just like, you know, there are there are two types of lists that in your prospects' heads for emails. Like they categorize it into into column A or column B. Column A is the one where they already like they're kind of bored of your emails. They kind of know that know what you're talking about, your whole uh, whole positioning, your whole USP, and all that. And uh, especially if you just keep selling a lot, then it's like, why would they care? So they kind of automatically categorize you into this column where they don't really care about your image. Like they don't unsubscribe, but they become kind of stale and unengaged. And you keep sending stuff to them and they don't open. And this is, I mean, I mean, it happens to almost every brand because that's kind of the default. You're interested in something until you aren't. But there is another column, which is basically the one that when you send stuff, they check out the sender name or sender line. And already from that, they're interested because they know, oh, damn, it's from this person. Oh, this person has, has interesting stuff. And then they click. They don't say this person has interesting stuff, but that's what happens in their subconscious. They start thinking like, um, you know, they know that this, this type of brand or person or whatever gives something valuable, entertaining, that, that makes their day just a bit better. And this is basically the basics of email marketing. Are you in column A or column B? So we could say that uh, to get to column B, which is where we want to be, we want to be interesting and we want to be the type of brand that people open and engage with. Well, how do you do that? What kind of questions should you ask yourself to to know like where you fall. Is there a checklist? So I think uh, one of the most important questions you need to ask yourself is um, when do you need your prospects to buy? So if somebody signs up to your list today, when do they need to buy from you for it to be a profitable uh, sale? Because they could buy now, they could buy next week, they could buy in a couple of months' time, maybe in a year. But 
if you know that they'll buy at some point, like if you know 100% they will buy, doesn't matter when. Because if the answer is like, eh, well, it's not that important, like as long as they buy within, you know, half a year, about, then you know, okay, then there's no reason to pile on the pressure constantly with sales emails, just going crazy on the benefits and just, you know, really selling, really pushing, pushing your product or course or whatever. So instead of doing that, you can focus on the relationship, right? So instead of focusing on the sale and getting that more revenue, you focus on creating a relationship with your readers so that uh, you, they start trusting you, they start liking you, and they see you as a person, not a brand. This is really important. They see you as a person, not a brand. So when uh, when you actually when you actually get yeah when you actually like really internalize this and manage to uh, sell it internally in your in your organization if you're not a freelancer or even if you're a freelancer you have clients so when you manage to sell this idea that you know there's no rush to sell right away you know the the field completely opens up to what you can do because now the name of the game is engaging and staying interesting and creating a um, creating and nurturing a relationship with these prospects. Like it's, you still need to make them aware of your product. And you know, if you think about the old uh, stages of awareness that I maybe talked about, you can find that on uh, nordiccopy.com. I think somewhere I wrote a blog post, an article about the five stages of awareness by Eugene Schwartz. It's, um, it's basically like what I see is like the basics for copywriting, knowing where they are and then seeing kind of how they, what to write about. So you, as long as you just keep feeding them information and making them sure that they are in this stages awareness scale, they are like um, product aware, then what you're going to do after that is just stay relevant and stay top of mind and just keep nurturing the relationship because you can't really force them to need your product right now. It could be something that's good, yeah, but because of budgets or because of other reasons, no time, uh, something like that. It's just, there, there's always something that makes it impossible for them to buy right now. And, and you don't want to do some kind of 1980s Wall Street style selling where you just like really, really push because turns out, that just increases churn. So they, they start buying and then after that they get buyer's remorse immediately because of the reasons that they had even before they bought and then they just leave. And then, you know, then you've created this uh, negative type of buying experience that you don't want anyone to associate with your brand. And that makes no sense. So the important thing here is, again, to focus on the relationship and... Uh, Really get creative with what you do. Make sure sure to engage them with fun stuff. Just deepen their relationship constantly. Something uh, people have been known to do is just, you know, you can actually ask yourself, like, does this email actually um, deepen the relationship somehow? Do they like, do I, do I send something to them that's actually interesting that makes them know me better or more, you know? 
think like a story. A story always does that or something else. Because the more you know someone, the more... Or can we just like... I'm not a psychologist, right? But the more you know someone, the more you kind of like them and more the chances are that you feel a connection with them. And that's kind of a really huge benefit of email marketing is that you can do this constantly. And because uh, emails, just by design, they aren't... um, they differ from social media in the sense that in social media you don't really have their full attention but in email you do even for like a couple of seconds or how long they choose to read your stuff so that's also a thing that when you constantly do this and you consistently send stuff to them you are just like um building this uh snowball effect or just like when you where you're just um, making the relationship stronger and stronger and by doing this, I mean, you can also promote your product just by like, for instance, you can just have it in the footer of your email, like same place where you have your unsubscribe buttons and all that and change your preferences. You can just add a link as well, like just to uh, your products. And it doesn't need to be sales. It can just be like, uh, you know, check out the newest, whatever, whatever it is. And it's because it's always there. At some point, people will, um, they will click on it. It's just the, it's the new way of doing marketing that makes sense. Just uh, not focusing and, and acting like this big corporation that's above the buyers. It's instead of just like creating these like uh, conversations with people in a dialogue where you can just, uh, you know, do what you want and where people actually feel like they, if they answer and reply to you, they get an answer that this is a real person, you know, it's, um, it's so different from the stuff we used to do even 10, five years ago. And I mean, still even now, because people are so um, so glued to the best practices that are outdated. So it's really something that I advise you to think about is um, uh, how can you differentiate your brand through email marketing? Because sure, you know, sales, I mean, I'm going a bit in circles here, but sales it's fine. You can have your sales emails and all of that, but you don't only need to have have the, those types of things. You can do more like nurturing, engaging content, and as long as it's um, uh, as long as it has this positive vibe about it, it's it's totally fine. And it doesn't even need to be directly about uh, your product because um, the whole thing with with email is that. If you make them smile or make them laugh or make them make their day just a bit better than if they didn't read your emails, they're going to come back. And that's really, that's the most important thing. If you remember the column A and B that I was talking about, make them come back. Make them uh, put you into the B column where they actually read your emails and consistently engage with your brand and just... It just drives all kinds of really cool things like word of mouth and just overall awareness and top of mind thinking. Especially for B2B brands, it's really important to have a top of mind uh, as well because, as I said before, like you, you can't really decide when they buy. They do it by themselves when, they, when that kind of situation happens. There's always um, something that happens that makes them realize that, okay, I need this now. But you can't really always um, decide when that is. 
if you want to know more about that, that's called, uh, uh, or a good explanation of that is the jobs to be done principle. So you can just Google that, Google jobs to be done. I know there are podcast episodes as well, not mine, but others that talk about it. And, um, and yeah, it's really eye-opening. It was for me at least. But yeah, I'm not sure if I need to ramble on any longer here. I mean, the point is, by selling through emails without being boring, you put yourself into the B category, the B column, and that's where you want to be. And then, of course, the next question is, um, how do you not be boring? Well, you know, you are a person. You, you entertain. You do things that... You, do, you don't act like a salesman all the time. And I mean, the rest is really up to you and your niche and uh, what you want to talk about, but try to make your niche and your company fun, entertaining, engaging. And that will take you a long way. This is also why uh, stories are so, so important and why people talk about storytelling all the time. It's because, uh, let's say you sell something, right? If you sell something, like people are going to forget your products pretty much. They're going to forget everything else, but they're not going to forget the stories. They're not going to forget your humor if you make them laugh or, or the entertainment that you bring. And that's like, that's the thing that just sticks in your mind. And then again, top of mind type of thing, when they are actually choosing or when they're actually realizing that they need the type of product that your company provides, then and they're, they're going to come to you because you're top of mind, because you are interesting, because they feel like they know you, because you're entertaining, because you are different. Just because you don't focus on selling all the time in emails. I hope this made sense. Um, this is the, well, this was the sixth episode of this podcast and uh, I'll try to get this up. Uh, two times a week. And if you have any comments or anything like that, just uh, shoot me an email at uh, mats at nordiccopy.com. And let me know what you think. All right, take care.